Hello and welcome to this download from Blackwell Online. My name is George Miller, and my guest today is Mark Ellingham. Mark's worked in publishing for over a quarter of a century. He set up the now legendary Rough Guide imprint almost inadvertently when he decided that none of the guides to Greece told him the things he wanted to know, so he wrote his own. He now works for independent publisher Profile Books, where, in partnership with Oxfam, he's just launched Ox Tales, a series of four short story anthologies which feature new work by many of the finest names in contemporary fiction. I asked Mark to tell me how the idea had originated. When I came to to work at Profile, I wanted to set up some projects for charities. I felt that charities didn't do particularly interesting books, and I felt that books shouldn't look like charity books. So um, I kind of racked my brain about what we could do for Oxfam, which I had some links with and had met up with various people there. And... Um, it was a question of sort of finding a tag, whether we could find an anniversary or whatever. And in the end, I came up with this idea of doing the four elements. Partly if we do four books, um, it provides a sort of bigger framework and a more of an event uh, in publishing. Uh, and I also had this idea that the four elements, earth, air, fire and water, we could slip in a little bit about Oxfam's activities into each one. So the water volume, for example, has a, a little section at the back um, which Oxfam have written about their water aid projects, the air one links with climate change, the fire with conflict resolution, and the earth with probably the more traditional Oxfam areas of uh, agricultural development uh, in, in, in the developing world. And I think, I mean, the, the, my hope is that people who probably wouldn't bother to read an Oxfam magazine or an Oxfam manual report, even if they were supporters, will, because they've been reading a story by Jonathan Coe or Alexander McCall-Smith, find themselves by accident reading about Oxfam's activities. Once you'd got the concept straight, did you then sit down and draw up a, a dream list of your ideal contributors? Uh, the dream list I drew up with um, Peter Florence from Hay Festival, who's worked very closely with me as a editor of the volumes, and uh, Peter probably has the best address book of uh, British and Irish-based uh, writers uh, in the world, I should think. So we kind of came up with this dream list between us, and I think we got about 55 or 60 authors in our dream list and wrote to them, and we were hoping to get 20, um, originally 20 stories, um, to have five in each volume, five stories for a fiver we thought was a good offering then actually a few started coming in and, and they were a little bit short and we thought we probably needed a bit more than that so we kept writing and of those 60 that we wrote to 38 um, centre stories which um, is quite a phenomenal hit rate which I think reflects incredibly well on the affection that that people in this country and writers have for Oxfam um, and, and the opportunity to get involved and help raise some money how tight or how loose was the brief that you sent the authors? The, the brief was as loose as we could possibly make it. We wanted to make it as easy as we could for the writers, and we wanted the writers to be able to... You know, we felt it's better to give them a very, very loose subject so at least they can get... They, they, if they want a subject, there is a subject in one of the elements. And some of them, you know, were very closely tied in. It's a lovely story by Helen Simpson, which is which is absolutely a sort of... Well, it's actually a very funny story about climate change um, and relationships and air miles, but, you know, it, it fits perfectly into the air volume. And um, the Mark Hatton story, for example, that seemed to su suggest fire, though, in the very loosest way. There are quite a few watery stories which, you know, by nature um, happily went into that volume. There were other ones which I think, to be honest, could have gone into any of the volumes, but um, 
but it all it all sort of fits together. But there's no there's no straight jacket on the writer's imagination at all. So you didn't say we would like you to write three thousand words on the theme of fire. Uh, we didn't actually give them uh, really anything in terms of a page length either. I mean, the, the stories here range from uh, about 40 pages through to two pages where Ian Rankin wrote a 200-word story, which is a wonderful story. It's a little mini uh, Rebus mystery, perfectly satisfying in itself, but thank goodness uh, they weren't all 200 words. Mm. Now, I, I know it's like asking a parent to choose between children, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You must have some that you have a particular affection for personally. I wondered if you could maybe pick out some of the ones that you, you particularly enjoyed. That's a very difficult one because obviously I love all the stories equally. They're all incredibly different as well. Um, uh, the Alexander McCall Smith one I, th- I thought was a wonderful um, short short story again about a, a relationship and, and about this uh, character who flies into a, a, a Scottish island sort of really out of the blue and and it creates I mean it's almost like a miniature Alexander McCall Smith novel in, in, a, in a short form wonderful the uh, DBC Pierre uh, story I really liked which was just uh, a fantastically sort of redolent uh, story about a homeless uh, person who who sort of is a kind of caretaker in an office in the Caribbean and uh, I thought also the sort of homelessness and the Caribbean also, you know, had a sort of nicely Oxfam air about it. Uh, I thought the Zoe Heller story, which comes in the water volume, which is about a teenage girl coming to terms with her own sexuality and, and in a sort of slightly threatened environment, absolutely outstanding piece of fiction. But they really are all of an amazingly high quality. It's a wonderful one about Nicholas, by Nicholas Shakespeare in the Earth volume about the death of Marat uh, and about whether political assassination is, uh, c- can be justified in any way. I mean, it's a wonderfully thought-provoking story. I, I, could, I could really literally go on about each one of them and, and sing its praises. And, and, and some of the authors, actually, who, who gave us... I mean, most of the stories here are new, but a few of them were sort of things that uh, authors found in um, found in their bottom drawer, of which probably the, one of the nicest examples is Helen Fielding's uh, story. Um, we'll call it a story. It's actually the first... Um, uh, we edited, helped her edit down the first four chapters of an unfinished novel, which was the novel that she was writing when Bridget Jones suddenly took off, and it... And it um, it, it suddenly found itself in the bottom drawer, and she dusted it off and slightly rewrote it. And you know, that again, I think, is a, a really lovely little example of something being put to fantastic use. So, you hope this project will revolutionise people's views of what a charity book is, take away its dowdy associations, and pave the way one imagines for, for future projects. Well, I would hope that people buy it, not really thinking of it as a charity project at all, but buy it because they want to read this story by Rose Tremaine or, when the cases say, Jonathan Coe, you're, you're getting a wonderful privilege. It's actually a, a section of his next novel which won't come out for a year. So, you know, it's a wonderfully privileged access to that. So I hope people will buy it because they they want to read the stories by the particular authors. Also, it's fantastically good value. You're getting nine or ten stories for a fiver. So I don't think there is, sort of it needs any excuses. But I think, you know, the fact that it is in aid of charity, hopefully people will feel that, you know, they're, they're buying something they want to buy. But, you know, it's great that, that, that money is going to, to Oxfam because of that and, you know, actually making a real difference to people's lives around the world in the developing world.